Well, you know these guys? I sure do. They know you. Much respected. Tremendous. They are rootsy. Yep. They are... They got it going on. They, yeah. That's they're happening. What was, that's what... They're happening. They work hard, they play hard. They, they play hard, they work hard. They look good, they feel they, good. That, yeah, it could have said the same Pretty thing. much all you need. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It is episode 123. It's the middle of July of 2017. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, how you doing? Uh, yeah, we took a week off there. I haven't, uh, we haven't <laughs> talked to each other in almost two weeks. We took uh, one week off from doing any shows whatsoever, but the two weeks prior to that were in fact uh, pre-recorded. Uh, I don't mean Come to break on, man. kayfabe. <laughs> I don't mean to break kayfabe here, but I was uh, on my honeymoon and did not want to do a podcast uh, from uh, thousands of miles away. So we pre-recorded it. We canned a couple of those and had them in the hopper ready to roll. So we actually haven't had a conversation about modern current day wrestling uh in about a month or so and it just feels like forever so let's just let's just have a conversation about what's going on in the world of wrestling since we last talked about it almost one month ago i guess it's only been about three weeks but um new japan ran some shows in the united states what do you think of those shows um they were they were pretty good um kenny omega winning the u.s title is is the right call i don't really know what other than just to have, I guess, some kind of maybe try to energize your American fans a little bit more into caring. I don't know that they needed another title belt, but it did, I guess, give them a reason to sort of give a theme to the two nights. So, I mean, Kenny Omega wins that. I mean, as far as, uh, you know, um, indie, you know, indie or non WWE wrestlers uh, in the world who have the most buzz. I mean, he, he's the guy right now. I mean, he's, he's got shirts and hot topic all over the, all over the country. And, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's on fire and he had some really good matches. I really liked his match with Jay Lethal, which kind of flew under the radar because everybody, and rightfully so kind of raved about his matches with, uh, one of our old favorites, Michael Elgin. And, uh, as well, (laughs) as well as, uh, as well as uh, Tomohiro Ishii, or Ishii, I, I apologize. Much like Jim Ross, I didn't do much prep before doing the commentary. <laughs> Zing! Topical, topical. Take that, Hall of Fame announcer and greatest of all time. And really recent, one-upped him there. And recent widower. Yeah, I really one-upped him there. Um, but no, it was, it was a fun, fun couple of nights. Cody Rhodes did not win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So that's good. Billy Gunn did not win the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. That match really sucked, and it right. sucked in the worst type. And it sucked in the worst type of way because it was just boring and kind of bad. Like it wasn't funny bad. It wasn't you know Jenna versus Charmel. It was just bad, and it was like it just he was just so out of place, and it didn't belong on that show. So that's I mean that's the big thumbs down. It's like. 
as as we talked about, I, I, it's just, there's just no reason for him to be on the show. It's going to be one of those weird trivia notes in like ten years. People going, oh, you remember who worked <laughs> who worked for the Intercontinental Title on New Japan's first U.S. shows on U.S. soil in however many years? William Gunn. Yeah, that that is an interesting footnote. Uh, speaking of footnotes in wrestling history, Impact has rebranded as <laughs> as uh, Jeff Jarrett's Global Force Wrestling. Jarrett got himself points in the company, but that company is they got a problem on their hands, and it's uh, in the form of their world champion Alberto El Patron. We have, I think, we brought up the Page and Del Rio drama. I don't know a few months ago when it was topical then and we didn't really know how to discuss it because what at that point like nothing had happened and at this point maybe nothing has happened we are not sure although there's a police report and a police investigation going on now but it just made us uneasy several months ago and um when i saw headlines about alberta this week i thought well Yep, that's exactly where I thought this was going. I know this issue has you fired up. And so, Liam, uh, on the topic of Alberto El Patron, the floor is yours. So, I'm not going to give a lot of specifics here, but I, I speak very passionately about issues like this. Um, that members of my family deal with uh, potential abuse, which is what we're talking about, and... Obviously, it's not confirmed, so if you want to tackle on an allegedly to everything, I'm going to say that's fine. But uh, you see really bad situations, and you just everybody can kind of see where it was going. And at this point, you're just kind of hoping that maybe this is the worst, and that maybe everybody just goes their separate ways at this point. But uh, it's really sad, and it's really... Um, I just hope everybody's okay and nobody ends up getting more seriously hurt. Um, so that's all I have to say about, uh, to, to the people, um, to the company that currently has that guy as their world champion. This, it was not a secret that he has had issues with the law, that he has been physically abusive to other wrestlers at, you know, at shows in Mexico and has, been on you know, every night of their last TV tapings. Uh, he would like cut a really long rambling promo burying WWE. And there's videos, I think a page on Periscope where he's talking about how much he hates WWE. And he's very clearly under the influence of something allegedly. So it was not in any way a secret that this guy had a lot of issues and that he was potentially a PR nightmare. Not to mention, you know, perhaps a real life nightmare to uh, anybody he, who he decides he doesn't like. Um, so this company, who just will never ever be anything but trash and carnies to me, because I don't care if you have new owners, it's still TNA, and they still do dumb stuff. And there's a lot of examples of them treating their employees poorly or not doing the right thing. I just watched the WWE 24 with Kurt Angle, um, and where they talk about how he had like four D DUIs in like five years. TNA didn't suspend him. TNA didn't do anything. TNA didn't do ish to help Kurt Angle. It, according to Kurt Angle, it took his wife threatening to leave him to get him to go to rehab. 
Like that company does not care about its employees. When Jesse Sorensen broke his neck on pay-per-view for them and Dixie Carter went to his hospital and promised him and his mom that he'd have a job for life and then they fired him a year later, this company is a garbage company. It's always been a garbage company no matter who's in charge. So the fact that they were dumb enough to put their world title on and then build their television for when they know they have to take five weeks in advance or whatever around this guy was just so – it was stupid – it was insulting. They deserve every bit of bread press they got. They deserve every bit of scorn anybody wants to throw at them. So it's really dumb, and it's really frustrating. But I'll tell you one thing it's not. It's not surprising because this is the same company it's always been, and they don't deserve success. And I'm sorry to the people that work there. There are a lot of talented wrestlers who work there. But that company is poison, and it should have died a long time ago. And this is just another example of them prioritizing what they think is a big money name and taking a guy who clearly has a lot of demons and has helped to enable him and, uh, you know, in indulging in those demons and they deserve a lot of flack for this and any bad press they get, man, they, they really deserve it. I just, I hate that company and they're, they're just the worst. And I don't. I'm. I'm very angry about this. Like I said, it's a. It's a. It's a situation that hits close to home. But man, do they just like? They just love. They don't. They don't care. They saw a guy with a guy who had a name with some buzz, and just said, "Hey, let's slap the world title on him." What could go wrong? Well, now we know what can go wrong. It's, a, it's another WWE retread, also, which it's the only. Th- it's the only thing they've ever built their company around, really. Yeah, I don't, um, yeah, so, like I said, to the individuals involved, I hope everything works out okay and nobody ends up seriously hurt. Um, Hope people that need it get the help they need. Maybe, you know, maybe rehab could be in somebody's future. I know WWE will pay for rehab for people, um, even if they don't work with the company. Uh, I just hope everybody's okay, but whatever happens, if anything bad happens, uh, TNA, I believe, is to a certain extent complicit in it, and or GFW, whatever. Um, they they helped enable this guy, and that's a really scummy thing to do from a company that's always been really scummy. So, like I said, I'm angry about it, I'm frustrated by it, but I'm not at all surprised because that's who they've always been. Can we? Uh... Add to the heat on Global Force Wrestling here for the joke suspension that doesn't involve <laughs> editing the man off of television, or uh, and there was no announcement made as to whether or not it's a paid or unpaid suspension. So actually, what is this suspension? Yeah, there's that. It took like Ryan Satin and like every other reporter. They, I'm sure Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez probably talked about it on their shows about like, hey, are they going to suspend this guy? Because, I mean, WWE has a very clear uh, policy involving domestic violence. Happened with Jerry Lawler uh, last year, two years ago. Uh, happened with Adam Rose, where look, it doesn't matter what ends up becoming of it. When there's charges like that brought, they immediately suspend the person. And if it turns out there's nothing wrong, they immediately drop the suspension. That's the point of an indefinite suspension. Um, yeah, so them... <laughs> Then they basically waited and probably noticed they were getting a whole lot of bad press or maybe somebody from 
their parent company finally paid enough attention to notice, oh, hey, this guy got arrested for domestic violence. We need to do something about it. Um, we should, I don't know. We should, we should point out no arrest. <laughs> there's not been Sorry, there, detained. There have not been, there's not, not an arrest and there have not been charges. There could be in the future, but no arrest or charges. Apologize. He was, he was detained at a, at a scenario. And point being, uh, so I don't know who, who got in Jarrett's ear or who got in whoever's calling, making decisions there and finally realized, oh, yeah, we need to do something because this is a PR nightmare. But, uh, yeah, it was about, you know, took him a few extra days after the story had already broken to, uh, to actually do anything about it. So, yeah, scum, scum company. Wish them nothing but the worst. Well, on a lighter note, uh, what do you think of, of what has been going on in world wrestling entertainment since last we spoke? There's some uh, fun stuff coming up this summer. The May Young Classic started taping this week. Um, some names there. You want you want to start there? I was shocked by Shayna Baszler. Um, I'm very happy for her. She loves wrestling, um, and uh, but I was kind of shocked. I guess I shouldn't be because they're uh, celebrity hounds, and they got Ronda <laughs> Rousey to show. They got Ronda Rousey to show up at Full Sail University this week. But uh, what do you think of uh, the field there for the May Young Classic? You looking forward to that this summer? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of talented people. It's cool to see. I like the idea of this. Obviously, the Cruiserweight Classic was a pretty big success. The aftermath of it wasn't. But uh, the tournament itself, uh, tournaments are usually very simple and they're very fun. Um, a lot of talented women, uh, talented women in it. I know Candice, Candice LeRae is in it, who's kind of a big indie favorite. And, of course, is uh, married to Johnny Gargano, I believe. So yep. um, cool, to, cool to see talented people get a shot on, on a big stage. And uh, my understanding is that they're going to be dropping episodes in bunches and then do a live finale. So it's a more of a Netflix drop. So I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch every single episode before the, uh, before the live finale, but I will watch, you know, as much as I can. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be fun. Um, and hopefully some, you know, some t- yeah, I- more talented women is definitely a good thing in that company because they they're kind of they seem to to like using the same four women a lot uh, on pretty much every brand. So more fresh blood in pretty much anywhere in the WWE, women, men, tag teams, cruiserweights, whatever is is always a good thing. Yeah, yeah, McFoley and I agree with you. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with the the uh, strategy of dropping these episodes a few at a time, Netflix style, like that. Uh, but I'm all for experimenting, so uh, I think yeah, it's a worthy experiment to do it this way. Even though you said, it, like you said, it could um, prove a challenge to try. To, I I have a difficult time watching all the WWE programming that, that there isn't a normal week, let alone dropping like eight episodes of something <laughs> right on, on top of me. Uh, but anyway, I think it's good that they're exper- experimenting with that, and uh, I'm looking forward to that this summer, of course. Bang bang! Uh, <laughs> spoke of the cruiserweight classic. Um, Austin Aries uh, was not well. Two hundred five live kind of came out of the cruiserweight classic, and Austin Aries was in the featured title program on two hundred five live for uh, a few months here, and he asked for his release, or was granted his release, or was just released on. <laughs> 
it's unclear who initiated um, the release at this point, but he's gone. Are you shocked that uh, <laughs> Austin Aries had a falling out with a wrestling promotion? Uh, no, uh, obviously. It's, uh, you know, he's such a super talented guy and, uh, you know, he pretty much, he walked out on TV and it felt like he belonged. He felt like a star, but, uh, obviously he didn't, I mean, he has ears and eyes and could probably tell that, you know, what, what the cruiserweight division was and the kind of reception it was getting. And yeah, once it was clear, he wasn't going to win the title from Neville. I mean, he just got beat repeatedly. Um, so I don't, I don't blame him for, for wanting something more. I, I think it can be respected because he may not make as much money. Obviously, if you want to hustle like Cody Rhodes does, I'm sure you can go out and probably make even more money than whatever your downside guarantee is with WWE. But I mean, if you're an average indie guy, you might be taking a pay cut uh, for more creative satisfaction. Say if, if Aries ends up back in ring of honor or, uh, or even in, uh, global force wrestling um if he ends up back in uh, in a major sort of major wrestling promotion he seems like a guy that would be, be a good fit for bullet club honestly mm-hmm. um they don't they don't really have like a, a i mean i mean kenny's from canada and marty scrolls from england so they don't have a they're token american guy since adam cole left so he seems like a guy that's kind of tailor-made for that type of group um the the cool heel that uh, that everybody loves. Um, so I I could see him. I mean, Ring of Honor slash maybe some New Japan stuff seems like it would be a good fit for him. Um, but I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's to be commended again. You know, he obviously is willing to bet on himself or thinks that he was uh, not being given a fair shake, and so he decided to to leave and go somewhere else. And I think that's that's always respectable. I think it would be really easy to just take the money and go on autopilot for however long his contract was. So yeah, if he wants to go out and, and uh, find a little more creative satisfaction in his career, then good for him. You can talk, you can uh, color me as surprised about Austin Aries having a falling out with a wrestling promotion as uh, you could. Um, I'm as shocked about that as I would be about CM Punk having a falling out with a wrestling promotion. (laughs) just it's just the way of the world but i when he was in the in the color commentator role i thought well actually this is what this guy should be doing at this point he's uh closer to 40 than 35 a lot of wear and tear um i don't know if they would be willing to pay him to do that but i think if i were him i'd be looking to transition at this point (laughs) but uh, we'll see, I guess we'll see. He'll 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 see what's out there in terms of work and, like you said, how much he wants to hustle. Um, SmackDown Live. Let's go there. John Cena returned um, on July fourth. The ratings for that show have been pretty strong in the two weeks that he's been back. I'm not sure if the show is creatively as strong as it was, say, six months ago. AJ Styles won the United States title from Kevin Owens at a house show at Madison Square Garden. Naomi has put uh, glow-in-the-dark stuff all over the women's title, and it looks awesome. What are your what are your big-picture SmackDown Live thoughts since uh, last we discussed that show? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the AJ and Owens thing is interesting. I hope 
that means the end of the face of America thing with Owens. Um, like it's a cute little idea, but for one thing, you have two other guys doing the evil foreigner who hates America thing. Um, because now Rus- handsome Rusev is back, and uh, and you've got uh, old Lonnie Donegan as the world champion. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ginger Mahal. Um, <laughs> Lonnie Donegan. Jimmy Jimmy Mahal. Um, <laughs> J- J- Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. Um, anyway, so I don't need Owens doing that. I would like Owens to be like himself. Uh, <laughs> that would be cool. I think a regular program between AJ Styles and Kevin Owens would be great, but it's been kind of bogged down by the type of promos that Owens has to cut. Um, so I just, for whatever reason, that program really hasn't clicked with me. Uh, I was excited when AJ Styles brought up uh, bringing back the U S open challenge. Uh, Cause that was the best part of television for like a year when John Cena was the U.S. maybe not a year, like six months, eight months, however long he had the title, John Cena was U.S. champion and just had like twenty-minute matches every week on Raw. Um, and if you do that with AJ Styles and he just gets to go out there and wrestle anybody, really, um, I'm all for more long AJ Styles matches on free television. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be very cool. Um, uh, creative, we're, we're getting the Punjabi prison match, which I feel like everybody joked about two months ago. <laughs> and now they're like, it was like, wouldn't it be really stupid if they did that? And now they're doing it. So uh, it's, I, it's still the Ginger and Randy program. I feel like these guys have been wrestling each other for 38 months straight. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just nothing. I don't, and like Randy's working really hard. Like Randy's cutting like some real strong promos and he's trying real hard but it's still Jinder Mahal and it's still like nobody I don't really think anybody outside of the lol isn't this ironic how bad we like it because he's not good I guess um like I I just don't think anybody's really enjoying that and nothing Jinder has shown me really in his promos or his matches have shown great improvement over the last few months uh, like I said, Orton's worked really hard to get like something good out of him, and really the formula to that is that Orton spends most of the match wrestling the Bollywood boys. Yeah, <laughs> and then Ginger hit, and then runs into the ring so Ginger can hit his finish on him. Um, so I, I, I'm just, I'm not. It, my eyes glaze over. I turn the show off when <laughs> during Ginger segments, but I am excited about AJ Styles potentially bringing back the uh, the United States championship open challenge i think that would be awesome and that is something that would get me to watch smackdown more regularly you think we're getting aj and cena at SummerSlam? um that's a weird match now because they're both baby faces and we've seen it a lot um but i i don't i can't think of anything that would necessarily be bigger because right now at the very least whatever Cena and I mean, Cena and AJ are kind of positioned as the top guys. They're the ones opening and closing the show. And they've got, uh, you know, Mahal and Orton kind of just in the middle of the show usually. So for, I mean, for SummerSlam, unless either Cena or AJ is working with Jinder Mahal. um, Yeah, that, I mean, that, that is probably the biggest match SmackDown can do. Um, It's your, I mean, it's your second biggest show of the year. You do the, 
the final big, you know, it's, it started, I guess, last summer and now you end it. You know, last year's SummerSlam was when AJ beat him clean. So you play off that, and you just, you know, over a year long storyline, this big epic rivalry, and you finally have the last chapter at SummerSlam. You could do that. Um, I would, you know, I can think of a lot of things worse than watching, than, you know, giving John Cena and AJ Styles 25 minutes to wrestle each other on pay per view. Like, I can think of a lot worse things you could do with your time on a, on a SummerSlam show. The red brand, meanwhile, just had the inaugural WWE Great Balls of Fire. They've split up Cass and Enzo, who apparently both have heat on them backstage. Cass for being a Trump supporter, Enzo for doing something that got himself kicked off a bus and forced to dress outside of a locker room, according to the Wrestling Observer newsletter this week. So those guys are kind of, well... It looks like Cass is going to feud with Big Show now, but they and they've already burned through that feud very quickly. But they split up Enzo and Cass. Kurt Angle has personal problems. He loves somebody. We're going to get the uh, some more answers, <laughs> some more answers in that storyline this week. Um, if it's the a continuation of the Kurt Triple H feud do, with a different ending this time from 16 years ago, I'm all about it. Uh, let's see, Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe. That program is white hot. Uh, Roman Reigns <laughs> tried to kill a guy on pay-per-view this week. <laughs> I guess let's start there. What did you think of the Great Ball Show? What do you think it's, what's going on on Raw right now? Um, Great Ball Show, the last two matches were good. Um, everything else on the show I <laughs> hated. I hated can, a can lot. I, can I interject here? I also hated that show with a fiery passion. <laughs> that, okay, that, good. That that is one of the worst shows I've ever seen. <laughs> good. Okay, we're on the same page then. Like, and it wasn't just like I mean, there was some okay wrestling on there, like, but every heel except Brock and I guess technically uh, Alexa won. Most of them won clean. Uh, from from Neville on the pre-show to Bray Wyatt, it's like why why is Bray Wyatt getting wins over Seth Rollins? Like they were doing so good in building up Seth, and he was cutting like really good white meat babyface promos, and the crowd was really getting behind him, and he was winning all his matches, and then they just started hit freaking Bray Wyatt beat him, and they had then they beat him again on Raw the next night, and I'm just I just I don't want to see Bray Wyatt anymore, man. Like he needs to go away for like six months. Can can I ask a philosophical question right now? Does it seem to you as it does to does it seem to you that they have kind of abandoned the idea of baby faces and heels on Raw right now? Bray Wyatt is a heel who's had a mega baby face entrance for years. Uh, I agree with you in, in, about Seth. He was getting over his baby face, and they just cut the legs out from under him. Roman is a heel and a baby face. Brock is a heel and a baby face. Joe is a heel and a baby face. Uh, there's someone I'm forgetting here too. Uh, Braun is a heel and a baby face. He's a heel who got, did this massive baby face thing after he Alexa. got right. Alexa is a heel who gets booked as a total baby face. Sasha is a face that cuts heel promos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bailey. Are there any baby faces or heels on raw anymore? Um, not on Raw, not really. Um, uh, just, it just, yeah, it seems like they've just kind of let, they've just kind of decided they don't care. 
maybe that's maybe that's the policy now because since we won't cheer Roman Reigns, they just won't try hard with anybody, and they just let everybody cheer and boo whoever they want. Maybe in their head, that's giving the audience more freedom because now they can, you know, everybody's got merch. Everybody, when they win, they mostly win clean. So even the heels, so you, know, you can just kind of cheer and boo whoever you want, and and we don't care anymore. Maybe that's what they're doing. I don't, I don't honestly know, but as a show. When you're, when you generally, I would like happy endings in a lot of my wrestling, and I think a lot of people in this generation, you know, I don't think they, I mean, they weren't brought up on like Harley Race era NWA, like they were brought up on the superhero era of wrestling, uh, you know, with Hogan and Sting, and like even if you watch WCW, I mean, Sting was a, uh, you know, a surfer with face paint who you know overcame the odds. And, uh, you know, or even in the more modern age, if you were a John Cena fan, not there's a lot of fans who were, you know, who were kids who are watching there. If you look at the median age for, for, uh, for wrestling fans these days, based on the, on the Nielsen ratings, they're getting, we're getting older, but, uh, yeah, like you were, I think most, so I think most of the fans are kind of looking for maybe more traditional baby faces. That's why people like Bailey and Sami Zayn and, uh, Finn Balor. I mean, Finn, and this thing, uh, like the idea is like, oh, you can't just have a white meat baby face. I wouldn't necessarily call Finn like white meat, but there's no doubt when that guy comes out, he's a baby face. Like, yeah, he has a cool leather jacket, and he, you know, he has kind of a you know a, a tough guy look on his face. But there's no doubt that he's like a good guy. Um, so I think we're kind of missing out. By the way, where the hell was Finn Balor on that show? He uh, there just wasn't time. They had to the do Hardys it. and Cesaro and Sheamus wrestled for like nine hours. Yeah, yeah. He Slater wrestled on that pay per view. I yeah, he sure did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, big picture thoughts. I would like to see. Okay, we've had it was a very heel win heavy show. Again, and you and I talked. Yeah, again, and you and I talked about this. Um, and maybe you can give more of a of a. Clear picture. The idea is okay. Theoretically, if you do a bunch of heel wins on one show, you would think, okay, well, the next show will be like the happy endings where all the baby faces get their revenge. But then it's like the next night on Raw, the Hardys, after losing clean to Cesaro and Sheamus, lost to Gallows and Anderson, and are now getting into a feud with the Revival where they got laid out. So it's like they're, you know, it doesn't look like we're heading for a happy ending with the Hardys. And I guess Cesaro and Sheamus are just going to move on to wrestle. Is there another babyface team on Raw? I think they've broken up all the tag teams. Is that? I mean, is that why they're? Put, I assume that's why they're putting Seth and Dean together, like because they just need a babyface team to wrestle Sheamus and Cesaro. I think that's a horrendous idea. By the way, I think you should keep all of those guys apart until it's time to do the Shield reunion. Like, you should never have those guys team. Any of those three guys should not team with each other until it's time to do the reunion. Oh, I agree, but they do it all the time. Uh, so I, they don't think about stuff like that, and they put them all on the same brand. It's so yeah. stupid. Yeah, I, I, it's so there. Like, I like, I like the Brock to kind of tie up this bow on this great balls of fire show. Uh, I liked the main event a lot. Joe and Brock had a, a really fun five minute brawl. Uh, Joe, Joe and Brock cut hot fire promos on each other. Including Brock saying naughty words that had to be 
yeah. three three second delayed uh, audio dropped out on on him. Uh, go, people, there's gifts everywhere. A look on Kurt and the look on Paul's face when Brock swears, just magnifique. Um, but so we we do. I mean, there's good stuff on the show, and I mean, some of the wrestling on on the pay per view was was good. But when you when you just kind of feel I don't know it's like I don't like I don't like watch I don't watch a lot of shows that have like really depressing endings. Uh, you know, generally I like I like shows to have happy endings. So I don't necessarily want to watch a lot of sh- like I don't want to watch Raw a lot if like every week the majority of it is going to be bad the bad people getting their hands raised. It just doesn't doesn't excite me. I I don't blame you. Well, we may be in for more of a summer of that, and then Hunter and Steph will eventually return to television, and we'll get... (laughs) And the vicious cycle repeats itself. That's probably... I think we've hit on most of the wrestling talk for the week. Uh, I got married, and if you're not interested in hearing about... uh, uh, hearing about that at all you can go ahead and turn the podcast off now no hard feelings i wouldn't want to listen to it either uh but for those who uh just refuse to hit that 15 second ahead button on your iphone uh we're probably gonna spend a little time um talking about that now so and i don't know sometimes some of the the best reaction we ever get to stuff on this show is non-wrestling stuff so uh liam i got married what I know it's insane. So uh, before we uh, we got married in Hawaii, it was it was wonderful. I don't want to ever. I did not ever want to come back. I <laughs> if you told me I had to live on Waikiki Beach just outdoors for the rest of my life, I would say okay. I would forage for forage for food. There's a large homeless population there already. I think I could fit in well there uh so i what i may i could keep beach at some point in my life uh it was just tremendous um but uh you didn't want to show well so we did not want to uh wanted to have a tan for our wedding photos and uh and that the best way to do that would not be to actually try to get you know a tan on the beach like normal people <laughs> we we got spray tans before we left uh, Baltimore. We got spray tans here, and uh, they were okay. They looked like they were pretty orange. Uh, I don't know of anyone that's ever had like a lot of success with a really goofy orange spray tan. Do you? <laughs> um, I mean there was there was the the Jersey Shore show like ten years ago. There's a guy in the White House. Uh, but yeah, that's anyway. oh yeah, that's that's more topical. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> uh, they're kind of orange. Just swing and a miss there. Like you just <laughs> lobbed it up. Like you threw a beach ball, and I somehow managed to. I just took it. It's like, oh, I'm gonna take that. Looks like a ball. Looks <laughs> a little fine. out of the zone. Looks a little out of the zone. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for the next pitch. <laughs> That's all right. If this were a video, if this podcast had a video element, we could see each other. Maybe we could have we could have set that up a little bit. But uh, they were kind of orange. So we get to Hawaii. We do beach and beach and uh, pool for a couple of days. 
before we get married and the spray tans wear off. So a contingency plan, which was we would get spray tans in Hawaii then if we thought we'd try here. And then if they didn't last until the day we got married, then we would get spray tans again. And I thought that it would make for a good podcast story uh, to talk about this very, this very, what can only be described as an invasive spray tan that I had. <laughs> oh, oh, no. This is so, a very special episode. <laughs> on a very special episode of The Wrestling Life, indeed. So, uh, we get to, we arrive at the spray tan, audit, uh, uh, spray tan office, and... <laughs> it's just funny that you... <laughs> we have an I, office. Well, it's like the second floor of what passes for an office in Hawaii. It's like it's not really an office building. It's more. Like, it looks like a beach house, but it's <laughs> like we may have actually just gone to this woman's house. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we arrive and we go to our office and. Uh, she asks, well, have you ever had spray tans before? We explain we want spray tans for our wedding, which is uh, the next day, by the way. Uh, this is a Friday afternoon. So we're getting married on a Saturday. So she's like, okay, um, well, really, I would have appreciated like another day. She's a little bit temperamental. Uh, <laughs> but she has photos hanging in her office of that horrible um, Aloha movie that had Bill Murray and Emma Stone playing a Japanese woman and yeah. Bradley Cooper. And it's like, and she has posters of the whole, the recent CBS Hawaii five O television show, a GQ magazine cover with Bradley Cooper on it. She is the woman that has done the spray tans for all of these things. Aha. Uh, so this is a celebrity spray tan artist. <laughs> this, is the, this is the dumbest thing I've ever talked about in my life. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, we're like, she's a little temperamental, and she has she's a celebrity spray tan artist to Bradley Cooper. So obviously, it to be. So we <laughs> we <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> So she's like, well, really, I would like, I would have, you should have had it another day in between here, but I'll give you the quick acting spray tan off in like three or four hours. Um, do you currently have spray tan on you? They're like, well, yeah, I had a spray tan a, a couple days ago, but it's pretty much worn off now. And she's like, uh, no, it hasn't. Uh, the chemicals are still on your skin. Um, you're going to need, need going in that shower and and scrub the oh. scrub, spray tan off like uh, okay <laughs> so she's like here take this she gave me like this uh rough hand uh cloth thing or like a rough mitt to wear on your hand uh-huh that you use to like exfoliate the spray tan stuff off of my skin you realize this so, is like, what they do for like people that have been exposed to radiation right I, yes, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. So I'm like, okay, okay. So I, I go into this, the, this bathroom and there's a shower there. So I, I get in the shower and 
I'm scraping the spray tan off of myself with this mitt, this sponge mitt. And the woman's like, all right, if she's outside the door, she's not inside the door, but she's not inside the, the bathroom. But she's like, all right, if you if you need any help or if you're not you don't think you're getting it off yourself, let me know. And I can I can help you out. <laughs> like, all right, this is getting weird. She's like, she's like, all right, I'm going to. And then like, I'm like, OK, I think no, I think I think I'm doing OK. And then uh, she like knocks on the door. She's like, "Hang on, I need to I I I need to check on you." She's like, uh, "Turn around and face the back of the shower so I don't see anything." It's like, oh boy. I'm like, uh, "Okay, well, you're still gonna see my butt." You know what I mean? Right. Like, like that. Like we we're not even negotiating on whether or not you're gonna see my butt. Like, <laughs> it's just you're just okay. You're gonna you're gonna see my naked butt. Um, and uh, so she's um, like, all right, are you facing the back? I'm like, uh, yes. So then this woman comes in she's like, oh no, you're not doing a good job at all. I got, I got to So then she takes a sponge mitt and starts scraping the spray tan off of me. And she's like, oh yeah. See, like I'm doing a really, you were not doing a good job. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. What are you, an oh, idiot? Okay. The answer is yes. So she's like, okay. Uh, now I'm going to leave. So here, uh, come out in this towel and then go stand in my drying area. So, so she leaves, put a towel on, I go out and I stand in her drying area, which is corner of this office that has a couple of oscillating fans in them. And the area where you're supposed to stand does not have any fans directly pointing at them. So, <laughs> so you're... She's like, okay, all right. She's like, uh, all right, are, are, you, are you going to be uh, fully, fully nude for this, for this spray tan? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yes. <laughs> like, I... This is not a question that I anticipated answering. However, when you're, you're supposed to be. So I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. I did not realize what I was signing up for when I said that. Oh, no. So she's like, okay, uh, now you can, uh, here, step into the spray tanning area, stand on this towel, and uh, and face the back. So uh, I, I don't see anything. I'm like, uh, uh, all right. So again, you're just, you're going to see my butt. Uh, that's, we're not negotiating about that at all. <laughs> we're not <laughs> just, okay. So she sprays me and she's like, all right, turn around. <laughs> Cause it's, it's time, it's time to spray tan the front of me. <laughs> uh huh. And she's like, uh, she's like, she's maintaining eye contact the whole time. And she's, she's like, pro. right, exactly. And there's nothing, uh, weird about like, it's very weird, but like, the, like she's a professional. I'm a professional. There was, this was all very, <laughs> this is all very professional. But she's like, okay, and turn around. So she's like, all right. Now, she, ma- while maintaining eye contact, and I apologize in advance for this. I apologize in advance for what I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> she's like, uh, all right. Now I want you to uh, pick up your junk in one hand and move it to one side. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and and she's like, uh, and then. Uh, she gets down on the floor and starts spray tanning uh, that area. And she's like, okay, now uh, pick it up and move it to the other side. 
Uh, so like, and then she's like, "All right, now turn back around, and uh, and uh, bend down like a a catcher in baseball." Whoa! <laughs> just like uh, put your hands on your knees and and bend. It's like, what kind of spray tan is this? <laughs> I, I, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> You're uncomfortable. <laughs> this, this woman asked me to stand like a catcher. Well, you already had time to process it, though. Like I'm, I'm hearing this for the first time. I, I apologize in advance for this. Anyway, <laughs> so meanwhile, while, while I'm standing there getting this very invasive spray tan, just looking at like Bradley Cooper's face on the wall and pondering what in my life led me to this point where I'm naked in this woman's office and she is ordering me to bend down. Like, this is... I I don't know. Anyway, it was a lovely wedding. And... Um, <laughs> uh, she did a very... They were, they were very, uh, I would say, subtle spray tans. Uh, far less orange than normal. Um... Saw saw Waikiki Beach, saw the North Shore of Oahu, um, which was all right, and then uh, the Big Island Kona, um, which was also pretty good. Uh, took a, adopted a shelter dog for a day, took the dog to the beach. That dog was cool. Um, yeah, so Mary is in Hawaii. Got an invasive spray tan. Uh, <laughs> got a what? Got a new wife. Got a, a new used car. Got a new rented house. Uh, things are things are looking up. So thank you for indulging me. I thought maybe there would be a chortle or two out of the invasive spray tan story. And uh... <laughs> well, we're not stopping that. So that's a thing that happened. All right, I apologize. And uh, until next time, I'm Ethan. I don't even know what to say. And we'll be back with more stories, hopefully of wrestling and not spray cans, next time on The Wrestling Life. Aloha. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys.
That's amazing. That's sure an that... amazing story. I'm not sure I effectively told it. Like I probably should have outlined it somewhat in my head a little bit better instead yeah. of just recount it, recounting the horror as it <laughs> minute by minute <laughs> as it went. It's like, <laughs> like, like you said, she's a professional. I, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, okay, uh, my doctor has not even seen me naked. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but Bradley Cooper's spray tan lady has? <laughs> right. There's, I mean, yeah, it's, like you said, there's nothing, there's, theoretically, there's nothing that weird about it, considering what you went there for, but it's just. Right. It's one of those out of context type of things. That, right. So if you ask me. Con- <laughs> if you asked me at the beginning of that day, is a forty-nine-year-old woman going to see me naked today? I would have said no, right? <laughs> and I would have been wrong. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Well, the Rock's running for president. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good lord. Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> uh, we we knew this five years ago. No one was paying attention, but we knew this when he came out on Raw and said, "I'm going to run for president in like ten years." Yes. Yes, he doesn't joke about that kind of stuff. Like, he sets ridiculously high goals, and then he achieves them. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's going to win, too. Like that's Yeah. Oh, it's not even going to be close. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird, weird country we live in, apparently. He, he could, my question is, like, is his cachet big enough that he can afford to run as an independent, or does he have to pick a party? You know what I mean? Like, I know... Yeah. like if i were him i would roll um, well i would have a lot of data and polls that would give me this answer but i would see if i could roll the dice and try to run as an independent and avoid ever having to take a stand on anything you know what i mean yeah no that's that's the i mean that's all-time high or or i should say all-time low i mean people feel horribly about both parties um they hated the candidates that ran but they chose, you know, those who voted chose the crazy orange man over the the rich white lady who, because at least the crazy orange man, like, admitted there was a problem. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he she should just kind of float it out there, just smile and talk about how much he loves America and how he's going to work with both sides and all that generic bull, you know, poli-sci 101 stuff. And... Mm-hmm. And really avoid taking any kind of hardline stance as long as you can. I mean, I mean, there's people are going to want to throw a lot of money at him. So yeah, it depends on how much he wants to. But I don't see him going halfway on it. So I don't know. Well, like I think he's in it. I think he's going to win. And like I feel like he's going to have to. Like if you're asking, like my opinion, I think he's probably going to end up running as Democrat because that that. That, just because that's the easiest way to, for him to get elected is to run directly against Trump, but I don't know. I I I thought this. I thought it would be twenty twenty four forever, just because of movie commitments, and you know he'll be what uh, fifty two or so in twenty twenty four. Yeah, and you know I would imagine the the whole action hero thing will have dried up by then. I don't see you don't see a whole lot of leading men in their fifties, you know. So right, and I but if uh, something you said there makes sense, in that 
you know, if it's run against Trump, I mean, good lord, if you can't beat Trump, it's that's your that's your ticket in, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean it's one of the great failures in the history of politics is the Democrats not being able to get out of their own way in that election. <laughs> um, it really cannot be undersold how terrible how terrible they were. And is it all just because it was Hillary's turn? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's documented. <laughs> they didn't like Bernie because he... Also because modern Democrats aren't really that liberal, uh, mm. at least the ones in power. That's not, that's, not, that's, not, that's not a fair generalization, but the ones in power get a lot of money. Everybody's got super PACs now. It's not a, it's not a Republican thing. Um, yeah. And those people in, have great influence. And the people on the far, the far left, the people even further left than Bernie, who want single-payer health care and, you know, Maybe maybe like a trillion dollars less spent on war, um, maybe just a trillion, uh, maybe just a few hundred billion. I don't know. Um, those people are seen as you know they're they're divisive, and so they decided to, they were going to go and try to win Republican votes. People that didn't like Trump, the the the, the hashtag never Trump crowd, and so. They basically ran her as, hey, I'm, I'm a centrist, and centrist candidates generally don't win because you're not exciting. Your, your, all you're doing is alienating your base, and the other side still isn't going to vote for you because you have a D next to your name. So mm. uh, centrist politics, I think, is that's like the, it's a big myth. The idea, it's one of those things that sounds really good on paper, but I don't, it doesn't work. It doesn't get you elected, at least not at the national level. Sure. No, I, I buy I buy that completely. And uh, Bill Clinton uh, governed kind of as a centrist, but he never ran as one. Um, yeah, same as Obama. Yeah. the the problem The problem that the left has is, and I'm not sure exactly. Like, I I don't know where. Like, I'm not uh, full. Like the full on socialism scares me. And uh, has proven to uh, fail <laughs> time time and again everywhere. Sure, every, everywhere it's tried. Um, but it is that almost socialist Bernie wing of the left that at least they're bringing ideas to the table, and at least they care about people. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that type of liberal is who just won a whole bunch of elections in England. Right. Uh, with you know that was that was a big argument. Is like, look, it doesn't matter what our ideals are. If Bernie runs, you know, there's just no way that a far left candidate can win. You know, in a in a major, you know, Western civilization, and I obviously it's not a one to one comparison between the two countries, but it's it's close enough to to make you wonder. Um, but then you have the all all over Europe, you have the neo almost neoconservative um uh ethnocentric <laughs> like mm-hmm. not as dumb it's not as dumb as trump in some ways it's like an even dumber ideology than than the bannons and the people that prop trump up but it's like mm-hmm. I, it's just it's a it's a fascinating time to be alive like mm-hmm. I, i'm t- I'm terrified, but sure. it's like there it's, it's polar. It's so polarized and I don't know how we 
get out of it. And everybody's just, ugh. <laughs> Everyone's very, it's a very cynical process. It's very much like a sport now. Like it does, it just, our guy needs to win and that's all that matters. And we'll figure out what we're going to do after we win. And yeah. uh, you, know, you just you pick one idea. Like for Trump, it was pretty much let's get rid of foreigners. Um, <laughs> or, you know, you pick, you pick one idea. A lot of times you do have to, you know, you basically can boil campaigns, successful campaigns down to one really big, uh, you know, one big idea that people latched onto. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that. Uh, do you know who Cornell West is? I've, I've uh, yes. Uh, so he wrote an article right after, is that right before, or right after the election? And he talked about how, because um, one of the things that as Obama was leaving office, he was basically just doing a victory lap and mm-hmm. about like how all these improvements he made for gay people and black people and uh, minorities and, and Cornell West said, it's like, yeah, that's, it's better now to be a black person than it was eight years ago. If you're also upper middle class or higher, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a poor gay person, if you're a poor trans person, if you're a poor uh, Latino, things are worse than, than they've ever been for you. And mm-hmm. that section of the world. So the idea that the Democrats sort of just assumed, well, we'll always have the black vote, the Latino vote, and all of that stuff was so sort of their undoing because when they saw a candidate who wasn't wasn't talking about radical change or really trying to help people or making college free or any of the sort of more radical ideas, they just saw it as, you know, nothing's gonna change. So why should I, you know, so they just stayed home. Right. Um and I thought that was that so it's almost become more, it's become less of a uh, you know, a a race like racial issues may be better, but the the class issues are maybe worse than they've ever been in America, mm-hmm. and that's what's causing the big divide. And that's kind of his point was kind of the Democratic Party basically has to make a decision on whether or not they want to keep this i this sort of known to be flawed idea of centrism going or actually try to go to their base and really try to push for things like single payer and push for things that, you know, that their base would actually get excited about or get energized about. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, that's pretty poignant. Like the idea of like, yeah, it's better for you if, as, if, if you're one of those categories, some kind of minority and also rich, then yeah, things got really good for you in the last, mm-hmm. in the last four to eight years. But otherwise it's kind of still, an ish show. Yeah. I try to keep on keeping on.